up and welcome to the Indie Christian Music Podcast. This episode is going up a little bit later, but that's because I've been pretty busy. But this episode is really amazing. I got to talk with Michael Giacomoni, and he is from the band Mudhouse. Two amazing songs already out, killing it. And Michael's just an awesome guy. We had an amazing conversation. I don't want to put it off any longer. You'll find out more about him in this episode, and I think you'll really like it. So here we go. Michael from Mudhouse. All right, we are here now. I have to put on my podcasting voice. Is that okay, Michael? <laughs> Sounds great, man, yeah. <laughs> it's always such a weird transition into the conversation because... You're, you're already you're having goof- a conversation? Yeah. yeah, you're already in it, and then suddenly you get this countdown, and you're like... All right. Well, you get jitters at all. You see that? You see that countdown? You're like, okay. All right, yeah, I start up. sweating a lot. You know, sorry <laughs> if I seem a little glossy on no, camera. You're good. That's my life. But I'm, I'm sitting here with with Michael from Mudhouse, and uh, we are just going to be kind of having a conversation about um, how that whole thing got started, how it got situated, where your music ideas kind of have come from, and yeah. everything. But first, I'll just kind of throw it to you. Um, how did you? first get into any sort of songwriting at all yeah sure yeah super good question so i've been um i don't know man so i took to music um when i was in junior high maybe like um like seventh grade and i think it's probably the way i got into it was kind of like i get how a lot of people get into music especially as like an insecure junior high kid you just want to do something cool you know yeah. <laughs> like there's no like i don't have like a sorry cool, I, deep... I can't relate to that michael i don't know <laughs> sure yeah <laughs> i i wish i had like a cool deep spiritual journey of like you know i feel like the holy spirit put this crazy no it, honestly it was like i just think i was a a goofy kid and i remember i had a specific conversation with my dad um and i told him i had a crush on this girl um and he said he's like you know like i told him about it he goes you know man like you're ugly <laughs> like <laughs> I kid you not. That's verbatim what he said. He's like, yeah, man, like, oh, no. you're ugly. He goes, if you're gonna, if you're gonna get a, like a girlfriend that's not ugly, you know. And this is like, if you, like my dad, he'd probably be bummed if you heard me say on a podcast. He's just like, he's just a very straight shooter. He's the same guy who that year I was playing like pee wee basketball. Yeah, <laughs> and I was just terrible. Like I'm shaped like a bowling. I'm shaped like a basketball. Like I'm not meant to play basketball. <laughs> I'm like slow. I can't jump. Like, yeah. So I'm talking about it. it or, or, you know, everything like, you're saying is resonating with me. Yeah. By the way. I get it, dude. Painfully honest guy. And he goes, yeah. so we're debriefing the basketball season. And I'm like, man, I don't know if I ever want to play it again. He goes, yeah, I don't think you should. <laughs> He's like, you either need to work really hard and get way better, or you need to like quit and find something you're good at. Cause as it stands, this is like kind of embarrassing, man. Don't like do yourself better than this. This is crazy. He was like one more bad season and you're just <laughs> you're not going to be yeah. my son anymore. Yeah. So he told, know. so he told me with the, with the girl I liked, he's like, yeah, man. He's like, you know, you're just, you're kind of goofy looking like you're ugly. He's like, so here's what you got to do. You got to find a way to be cool. Got to find a way to compensate. Um, and I took it to heart. And so I learned a couple of songs on guitar. I think I learned like, I think the same two songs everyone learns like smoke on the water and, like Seven Nation Army, just like yeah. one string, just low E, just like figuring out the stuff. And you immediately um, feel cool about yourself. Dude, it's like, like a superpower. Yeah. When you play your, even if it's just Smoke on the Water, you play your first song and you're like, oh man, this is like, I, I, I am like, I am better than everybody. Yeah, I'm ready, <laughs> like, I'm ready like, to tour. You I'm, know? I'm ready. I'm, Where's yeah, my I'm gonna, van? I'm going to go be in a band and I'm going to be cool and like, you know. Um, but it really did, it really in its own way did kind of feel like a superpower of like, oh man, I've got this cool thing. Yeah. Where I almost felt like, you know, you and I have talked before, we're like, we both love comic books, but it really yeah. did feel like this comic book type thing where like, 
man, I'm like this goofy, nerdy guy, but they don't even know. Like, if you give me a guitar, I can play three if songs. They only knew <laughs> if they only knew the powers that lied inside. Yeah. You know? And it's just like, and it, yeah. It just, gave, it just gave me this love of confidence. And then from there, um, you know, I grew up in it. So where it turned into songwriting, um, I grew up in like a Christian home. Um, so I didn't know like any good music. 90s, I was born in 92. Um, so like all the Christian music coming out was kind of a bummer. Like there's... I mean, yeah. there's cool stuff there. I'm sure if you really dug into it, but because I was stuck just listening to like CCM radio, I wouldn't have. Really... You wouldn't have heard it or been exposed. Yeah. Did you just lose, yeah. did you just lose my voice? No, I got you. All right, hang on one second. I just lost... you might okay. have lost your monitoring or something. Yeah, yeah, I lost my headphones. I got them Sick. back now. All right, we're back. Um, boy, that was so confusing. Uh, but yeah, so yeah, so it was it was interesting in the sense of like um, I didn't have a, a lot of context for cool music that I wanted to play, and the only secular music that my mom listened to was like 70s and 60s folk music and like singer-songwriter oh, stuff. Oh, wow, yeah. So she loved like Bob Dylan and Crosby, Stills, and Nash and Neil Young and, you know, uh, and even even past like folky stuff. She just liked storytelling music like James Taylor and, yeah, dude. Um, you, know, so, you know, Billy Joel. So that stuff was like always in our house. Like I knew it was going to be a cleaning day when I heard like Billy Joel. Like Billy Joel's greatest hits. Like to this day, if I hear that specific compilation now, I might know like, all right, I need to clean the bathroom. You know, it's just yeah. like this... <laughs> It's, it's like, it's this like a, a sleeper agent, you know. Yeah, you're, you're married. Now. Your wife just like head. plays Billy Joel, and all of a sudden you're like, "What? She knows why I'm am already. I? Why do I have this toilet brush yeah. in my hand?" 100. percent Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's still kind of stuck, you know. But that was the only really context I had for music that wasn't like you know kind of just cheesy '90s CCM stuff. And and yeah, even with age, I've grown to appreciate a lot of that stuff. I don't want to like dunk on it too hard. Like, there's a lot of yeah, really yeah, yeah. cool music being played. And I, as a kid, I wasn't super interested. It was hard to right. find like anything you know a lot of depth in it of anything um so for me i really loved folk music and so naturally that's what i gravitated to when i started like on guitar so when i started getting past like those first couple songs I, you know i learned a lot of that that older stuff and then i but it almost felt i almost felt out of place even trying to write something because there wasn't that i knew of in hindsight there is in the same time period this is now the 2000s you have the abbott brothers and you have a lot of cool stuff. Damien Rice, like really cool stuff at the time that was yeah. happening. I just wasn't clu- uh, keyed into it. But Mumford & Sons was this thing that like, unlocked it. Yeah. Like, oh, you can still make music that's like folky like that. So I got like a bootleg of Sign No More. It came out. I think the first version of it came out in like 09. Yeah. So it was like before the Grammys. It was before it popped off. You know, I would have been like a junior in high school. And my, my buddy Mike's older brother, he gave him like a day. He gave him a bootleg. He had a Sign No More. Nice. By Mumford. And, and I downloaded it on my iPod and I'm mowing the lawn. And I listened to that. It was only the one song, just the song, the title track of the record, Sign No More. I listened to it over and over and over again. I was talking to my friend Mike about it the next day. I was like, this is incredible. I don't know how I've never heard this stuff. Like, this song is incredible. Yeah. This whole vibe is incredible. I'm like, you know, like, you know, whatever. And he goes, yeah, like, that just came out. Like, Matt said they're going to be, like, really big. I'm like, what? this just came out? Like, these guys are, like, <laughs> young adults. Like, people are still making music like this? Yeah. And it just messed up my head because all I really had at that point was, like, CCM stuff. And then I went through the rebellion phase where I listened to, like, a lot of emo music and like a lot of mid i'm from ohio so a lot of midwest emo music but there i had to like keep that in the dl and i didn't yeah. have an electric guitar so i didn't know how to play that anyways but mumford and sons is that unlocking point of like no way like this is like i can, i want to do that seeing <laughs> someone like prominently do it yeah. and do it really well i mean do that really whole album well. is just so incredible. good still incredible yeah um and it also i think um mumford and sons they're not they're certainly not like a christian band but i think like I think his parents like pastors in the, in the yeah. Vineyard UK movement. So there's some spiritual imagery that I connected to where I felt like a kinship with it. and Definitely um, some huge influence in there. I mean, even just the song Sight No More. Oh, my gosh. There's yeah. like the whole portion where he's talking about love 
and like yeah. just how it'll yeah, set love you it free. Will not betray you, dismay, or, or you know, enslave, enslave you. It'll set, set you free. free. Yeah, I just that whole thing that. feels like a hymn Good or night. something. It is. It's a beautiful song, and they had just such a knack for captivating my imagination in a way that sonically connected to me. Because, like I said, I was so familiar with with folk music. Yeah. Um, so that's where I, I that's where I fell in love with songwriting. I started trying to write folk music, and I was terrible. I remember, <laughs> like, I, I have recordings because, like, I remember my first recording setup. You, you remember Rock Band, the video game? Dude, yes, yes, I do. <laughs> love it. They had like uh, the microphone that came Dude, with it. No was, way, you're about to say this. Bro, I mean, say it. So, okay, say it. So, but I know. It's, oh, okay, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, the microphone they have with it is a USB mic because yes. you have to plug it into your Xbox or your PlayStation. Yeah. I plugged it right into my. I had a compact laptop. And I plugged it in, and I downloaded Audacity because it was free. It was a free DAW. <laughs> I've got to pause you right here. You I did, did that thing? with I did that with the Guitar Hero World Tour. Get out of here! No, Dude, that I'm is so, so funny. serious. That's why I've never talked to anyone else who did the same <laughs> thing. I cannot yeah. believe. Like as soon as you said, "Do you know Rock Band?" I was like, "This man is not no about to here. say this." Yeah, I read your mail, dude. Uh, yeah, you did. We we stole it. <laughs> I'm gonna sneeze. Oh, I'm like trying to hold in the sneeze. But anyways, so. <laughs> But I had a fascination with trying to record music, and I didn't really know why. Like, I wasn't writing good stuff. I went from Mumford & Sons that unlocked, like, Abbott Brothers and stuff. And I remember um, I started to cover some of that and try to record my covers. So I would, like... Yes. That rock... I didn't have a boom stand, so I took that rock band mic. It, I lived, my room was in my basement, and I hung the mic over the rafters because I didn't have a stand. Nice, nice. So I was, like, singing here, and I'm trying to, like, play and sing at the same time and, like, you know, make it sound cool and... Audacity, which is, like, a terrible, you know, audio workspace. Yes. Like, you know, it's free. <laughs> um but yeah, so so essentially that was the the start of where I fell in love with writing folk tunes, and then so that I've always done that as a hobby. So like I was yeah. in a, a band, and I started a band after that called the Harvesters. When I was in high school, and we just wrote like you know kind of you know Christian, like worship full folk music. I wouldn't, I certainly wouldn't call it like proper worship music, but like worship full music, you know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, man, it was it just like unlocked this desire in my heart to like write songs and, and to tell stories. I come from a long line of like people who tell stories in the most drawn out, ridiculous way possible. Like that's how my whole family talks, and they just like, how many syllables can I use to tell this very simple thought? That's how my like, like what are all the turns You're of like, phrases? I'm exhausted. Yeah, my Still parents are going. gonna argue like, what was Beverly's husband's name? It's like nobody cares. Like they're you know, like nobody knows who you're talking about. Like, but that's kind of my an aunt, you know, that <laughs> <Yeah>. was, <laughs> and they lived and they lived off of this street. I'm like, all right, just what happened, you know? Like, I need um, you to finish. Yeah, but that's the way that I wrote music. Is I tried to tell stories, and I got really into John Prine, and he wrote music that wasn't even his lived experience. He'd just make yeah. up stuff. Read a lot about Bob Dylan. This is also the age of the internet, so I could Google stuff and like, yeah, how Bob Dylan like never really rode the rails. Basically, half his songs are just lies <laughs> that he didn't actually go do. And he's like, I like this yeah. idea, and sounds, it's going to be a song. Sounds cool. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds very romantic, and you know, I was always like, like I was romanticized stuff in general. So, so that's the kind of music I started writing, and none of it was any good. Um, and then from there, like I kind of hit pause on writing folk tunes. I always wrote them, but I, I didn't record anything for probably like a, a decade, probably ten years. Didn't record anything. Yeah, I kept reading, writing stuff. Probably wrote like fifty songs throughout that decade of just like you know, none, even now, like none of them are gonna see the light of day. They're just like real true hobbyist stuff, and you know, trying to work out thoughts through music. Um, but I did get into worship ministry as a vocation at the same time. So that, so I got a job as a, you know, I was a, I was an intern in, at a church and then, you know, went to school ministry and then I got a job as like a, like a high school worship, you know, director. And then for the last eight years, I've been at the tree church in Lancaster, Ohio, where I'm an executive pastor there now, but for the longest time I was in charge of all the music stuff and the creative department. And we started recording music. So we started writing songs functionally yeah. for our church. Like we have a, me and you have talked about it. Lancaster is a really unique town with a really unique vibe. 
And I was like, man, how dope would it be to write tunes that sound like this community, that serve our community? And I also think there's a level of ownership that comes with like a song that came out of your community when you know the people who wrote it. Oh, 100%. And you know their stories, and I really fell in love with that. Um, So I started writing Tree Church Music stuff, which that was great. Like, we just got signed as a worship team to uh, Lula Street Records last year. Nice, dude. That's incredible. Yeah, yeah. We're getting ready to record a a record in a full-length, you know, LP, our, our second LP in the fall. And we're on pre-production for that. We're really excited. That's awesome. Um, but I didn't do anything with the folk stuff, you know, like, yeah. and then COVID hit and I couldn't do anything. And then that, yeah. and I think for, for like a lot of creative projects launched out of COVID was the same feeling of like, I've got to do something, you know, I can't, right. like, we're not meeting to worship in person for a minute. So like, I, it's not really a ton of function to write worship songs. And if I did, that'd probably be sad, <laughs> so, yeah. you know, like I don't have to be a lot of lamenting and like, you know, so I didn't, that was such a volatile couple of years, but I, so, but through that spirit of like, I don't know. It was a very frustrating time for, I think everybody, no matter like, you know, what camp you're in, what you believe, Christian, not Christian, Democrat, Republican. I just, I just felt frustrating, I think for a ton of people. Yeah. And I started writing a lot of folk music out of that. And I think that's where you get the vibe of Mudhouse where going back to, like I said, I got into like emo music and Midwest emo music when I was a kid. Um, I'm in a season of life where where I'm angry and I'm confused and I'm trying to piece things together. I have a lack of community. We're not meeting in person. I'm not writing worship songs because I'm not inspired to. I'm not in that place where I'm corporately singing music. Um, And that's where, like, yeah, Mudhouse stuff came from, of, like, kind of combining all those little things into one, you know? You know, y'all's music, too, it's it's hard to describe because it is very folk. But Mm -hmm. then there's, like, this alternative streak through there right yeah i think that's a good way but, to say it yeah but it it at the same time there is like that um you know you talked about this midwestern emo f- like f- phase of stuff yeah yeah can i there's explain like that real quick like for somebody who does yeah for anybody who doesn't know what that is midwest emo like a lot of emo bands the bigger ones that you would have called as a kid like my chemical romance panic yeah. and disco like that's not so much what i'm talking about there's a ton of bands, you know, like you know Hawthorne Heights, American Football, yep. um, Built to Spill, all these like smaller bands that precursor those ones that were like they feel very hometown, very hometown, yeah. uh, very whiny. It's where a lot. It's not pop punk whiny, <laughs> but it's like they're complaining about girls and you know whatever the case might be. Um, a lot of really complex like open tuning guitar parts, yes, like yeah. really big breakdowns, a lot of layering guitar parts. So that's like where a lot of that that stuff. That when I talk Midwest emo, that's for anybody who's not you know initiated into that world. First, go look some up because it's great. But yeah, that's, yeah. that's kind of what I'm talking well, about. Well, it definitely shows up as an influence in y'all's music like you know the i think i love you part where it really hits the old bait and switch yeah dude the bait and switch i think i texted you when y'all put that out yeah. and told you like what happened to me on the lawnmower yeah right hilarious. like i'm driving my lawnmower <laughs> i'm mowing my yard i'm heading towards this ditch that is that is in my yard and i'm like oh this this new mudhouse song i'm listening to ni- it at such a, nice a volume song. yeah like it's i'm listening to it so loudly because I'm on a riding lawnmower, and all of a sudden it's like, and I got it, you know, like just immediately <laughs> in my ears. I almost wrecked the lawnmower because it yeah. jump scares me. Uh, but immediately I was like, that is sick. I love how that felt. Yeah. And then it just dwindles right back out. And yeah. so even that, it feels like that. that combining, it, combining of the yeah, worlds. Like, yeah, can, can I bring up like some of the angst that like some of that – music from this um just from this region kind of puts out and like famous yeah. and historically puts out you know can i manage that but also can i bring in the folk music that i love and the storytelling elements that i love and then really um 
Yeah, and on top of that, like I said, some of the the, the more complicated and frustrating aspects of faith or of, um, and, and that also I think adds to some of the, I don't want to say like, it's not anger, you know what I mean? But I think some of the heat behind it. It's yeah, like, like a, the frustration with life and with yeah. yourself. Like I, I know that the first song that y'all put out, Haunted House, I yeah. was like, this song feels so authentic because, you know, the whole line of like, I'm just so tired of being broken. Yeah. You know, that is such a relatable lyric because there's so many people, including myself, that at times you're like, man, I am just like, God, why are we still so broken? Like, yeah. why can't we move past this? 100%. Or why can't I move past this? And so the first time I heard that song, I was just like, dang, this is this is it, man. This feels this feels good and it feels authentic. Yeah. So that, yeah. I think it was kind of a hard song to write that first one, Haunted House, for that reason. Um so even like the way Bloodhouse kind of popped up where I started to record it, our, John Prine passed away, passed away of COVID. And like I mentioned earlier, I was a, such a fan and he like so yeah. informed a lot of my, you know, the way that I felt about writing songs. And I don't write John Prine style music, but I so fell in love with it. Like just his vibe and the way that he approached it. And I, I just put a cover on Instagram and I never do that. I'm very like, I'm a very private person. I think a lot of my life has to be public because of my job. So I'm on stage yeah, most yeah. Sundays. I'm either teaching or I'm doing worship. Um, like I've never in my life put a, a cover of a song on the internet and be playing it. It's very foreign to me. Um, but there was something about John Prine passing where I'm just like, man, this song's so connected to me. Um, that I just put uh, like a 30 second cover and I threw it on my Instagram and I think it's down now. I felt very embarrassed by it. I took it down. You know, like, I'm just yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, um, <laughs> one I, of those, they're tough to move past. You're like, oh, yeah, I yeah. hope no one saw it. You know? For sure. I'm like, oh, I'm super proud about that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but a guy reached out, uh, his name's Daniel Johnson. He's like an incredible mu music producer who works a lot in like commercial music space. He's actually, um, um, my boss, our lead pastor, it's his older brother. And he and he would be comfortable saying this. He's not like a person of the faith. He's like has a lot of complicated feelings about it. He's just a really great music producer and loves music. And he hit me up and he's like, "Do you ever record stuff?" It's like, "I, I really mm. like your voice, man. You should think about it." And I was like, "Nope." It's like I do worship <laughs> stuff, but I, but I kind of made a deal with him through talking. I'm like, "I'll record it if you produce it," because I don't. I'm not good at that part. I always hire that out at our church. I'm not super yeah. good as a music producer. So so Daniel, you know, he he saw that he saw that video and he kind of. And my deal to him was like, you know, I don't, I don't know how to produce stuff. I, I can probably engineer stuff well. I can track down a clean file. Yeah, I'm not gonna know how to mix it. I'm not gonna know how to like produce it up. I'm like, I'm like, but if you do that, I'll do it. And did you, know, you show him you... like your portfolio of of covers from the rock band, Mike? You know, never, like never I'm like, once. Yeah, yeah. Like, cause if I do this, this is what it'll sound like. So don't, <laughs> like, don't, don't let me do it. Yeah. But I told him I was up front. Like, I don't have any money for it, man. Like, but if you just want to do it together, like I'm down. And he's just like, sure. Like, it's COVID, I'm bored too. Let's do it. That's awesome. Um, so I looked at all my old songs and I'm like, I don't like any of these. Like, I don't know that they're an accurate, you know, feeling of even what I like now. So I literally sat on my front porch and in probably 10 minutes wrote Haunted House in, in completion. Dude, wow, Maybe 15. Like I, wrote, I wrote the whole song and I was at the time arguing with my wife about going to counseling. Um, and I just have such a, like, I'm, I was so, I believe in counseling as an institution. Um, it just always scared me. You know what I mean? Yeah. I feel like my joke to her is like, whatever I repressed, I feel like I did it on purpose and let's just leave it there. You know, let's just, like, <laughs> let's just, let's just let it sit. I'm like, Hey, know? wait a second. I'm the one from the South. You're that's, that's our thing. You know? <laughs> yeah. 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 Shove it on the rug. Call it a day. Yeah. Keep an eye on it. We don't want to talk about it. <laughs> yeah. But that was my thought. And so I was arguing with her. It's like, you really should go to counseling and, you know, just talk about just things that like may, may, you know, still be impacting me from when I was a kid or, or, or things that like I'm still struggling with. And 
you know, working in full-time ministry is a challenge because it's a really isolating position to try to be vulnerable in, you know, yeah. where it's like, man, I can like, um, it's just tough to be vulnerable with people who also call you like a pastor and a leader. Um, it's just, I just think you need to yeah. sort out how you feel and just like work it out. And I was like, I don't want to. And so that's where I wrote <laughs> Haunted House of like, there's a line in there of just like, it says like mercy and grace is so embarrassing. I just yeah, thinking like, oh man, that lyric is so good, man. It really it, is. It, yeah, and it it's was so, just a re- it's so accurate. Yeah, because it is. It's like I, I think sometimes we forget about. I got really deep into reading Isaiah a, a lot, and just like over and over again. I get sometimes I get really fixated on like Bible passages and in different books, and just his experience, you know, being brought in this vision to the throne room where he's in the presence of God and he's so humbled and he's just like God. I should not be here. Like I have, yeah. I'm a man of unclean lips. Everyone that I know is just like a bad person. Like they have unclean lips. Yeah. I should not be here right now. And this immediate like remorse for his actions, for the brokenness in his own life. Um, and then God's response was to purify him and send him out with this really beautiful mission. Um, but I think sometimes as Christians, we kind of forget about that first part, you know, and it's not even that it always has to happen, but it can be very real for people of being yeah. in the presence of God confronted in your sin, confronted in your brokenness. And it is, terrifying and embarrassing of like man I, i've been dealing with the same brokenness my whole life I'm, i just want to be better i'm not and i have to come to you again and ask for grace right and you know the the redeeming part is that god meets us there every single time every single yeah. time god meets us there but um uh but it doesn't make that process less ugly at times where it's yeah. like man i did it again like i'm still here and the first verse about counseling was just like you know i've never really been afraid of the, you know, afraid of the dark um it's not like i can't turn in the light but I don't want to know what I'm going to see. All these yeah. ghosts inside of me, all the stuff inside of me. Um, just really dealing with that tension of just like, I don't. it's hard to confront the ugliness of our own hearts. It's hard to look at that stuff in the face. And, and in my experience with working with people, is they often have two responses to that. Yeah. One is humility. Like, God, change me. Change me. You know, like, I, you know, or two, you make excuses for yourself. You're like, well, I'm only this way because my, because my mom or yeah. because my dad or because my pastor or because my wife, you know. And so, well, I, you know, we even this this past week at church, one of our uh, elders, he was he was speaking and he's talking about the how quickly we as believers will excuse ourselves from fruit of the spirit even. Right. Like, oh, man, you know, you'll you'll be like love, joy, peace, patience. And you're like, well, I'm eh. just not a very patient person. And he's like, yeah. well, you don't have that option as yeah. a believer. You are 100%. supposed to be like sanct being sanctified and working towards a patience. Yeah. And so like, there are so many things that we will excuse ourselves from and just be like, well, that's just my past. Yeah. Like, man. Ooh, you know, and I think we do it all the time. And I think, and I think all we also time. have to deal with the tension that like, we're most people, this is I actually don't know much about your audience. I'm assuming a lot of them are American citizens or from like developed nations with a democracy. Maybe, maybe some, I you have know. only Korean listeners. I'm, I hate to okay, disappoint well, this might, I don't know. <laughs> depends on which. It depends north or south. I don't know if this next part's going to apply to you, right? Yeah. Oh, um, I don't know either. Yeah. Sure. But, uh, but basically, like, I think a lot of us have grown up with this feeling of having rights and freedoms, and like, yeah. man, I have the freedom of speech. So if I want to tell you off, I can. If I want right. to be hateful, I can. If I want to be rude, that I can. Like, why? That's my right. And there's this weird burden as a Christian where it's like, just because I can doesn't mean that I should. Yeah. Um. And then to you know, and then to confront that and to look at it and ask God to to, to you know to change me. And like I say, it's easier. To, it's easier to excuse it away. But the ugly process to look at, look at the, your own brokenness, to look at your own sin, to look at your own the way that you hurt people. And I think people are so afraid to do that. Sometimes they lie and they like justify their behaviors and they'll do anything just to not take that accountability because it's not yeah. fun. 
Um, and it is, and that's when those moments where it is before the Lord, where it's embarrassing. Where it's like, God, I just, I can't believe I'm still dealing with this thing. And, um, and, and what's also interesting about that haunted house song is it's not a super redemptive twist at the end. And, right. I, and that's almost right. where I feel the main burden of my ha- heart about writing mud house music is not that it has to be even music that's conducive for the church or even Christian music. I, I'm, I, my relationship with the Lord is so important that everything that I write will be about my relationship with the Lord, yeah. unless I'm writing like a love song for my wife. And, you know, even that I wouldn't release it just for us, you know, but yeah. Um, but, but you know, but that being said, like, I don't, I don't know that I want to put it in this like sense of it has to be really packaged and neat and uplifting all the time. Like yeah. I write the worship stuff where it's like, it serves a super great function of corporate worship, singing songs together, like upward praise and like all the stuff. But the Mudhouse stuff is like, I don't know that I need to resolve the tension. I was going to write a bridge and I just didn't. We just like let it rip with an instrumental. You know, it's just like yeah. all today. But that chorus is really the only thing close to a, to a resolution where I just said like, I want to be holy. I want to be good. I want to feel better. Yeah. That's it. Like, and then some, and then the harsh reality of life is that like, sometimes that's not, sometimes that's not how you feel. And sometimes that prayer, I think I heard Andy Stanley say once like a long time ago, that's like some things are a tension to manage and some things are a problem to solve. That feels yeah. like a tension to manage. It's like the fact that this is, this is, and I know that God wants healing from us. He wants joy. He wants us to experience the fruits of the spirit, but it's hard to even get there if you can't look at that stuff and be honest yeah. in the first place. If you're just you, not even willing to look at your own hurt, you know? It, it it actually, you know, it puts me in mind of, you know, one of, one of the CCM artists that, in the 90s that I do appreciate and that I like to hear is Rich Mullins. Just oh, his lyric writing. the best. And like his... His one lyric in Hold Me Jesus is he says oh, surrender. I, I, I want that song played at my funeral. That might dude, be my favorite oh, song of all time. Dude, that song wrecks me constantly. Dude, I it, cry the every time I the hear. whole like bridge, whatever you want to call it, where he says, Surrender mm. don't come natural to me. I'd rather dude, fight not. you for something that I don't really want than take what you give that I need. Unbelievable. I'm like, ugh. <laughs> like, dude, that's have you it, seen Ragamuffin? Man. Yes. Yes, yeah. I have. That Incredible. movie, uh, Oh boy, it'll it'll, it'll, it'll it'll hurt you a little bit. That's a yeah. that's a wild one. I mean, his life was so oh, actually no so, bassist. Do you know uh, Brent Milligan? Yeah, I don't know him, but I'm. It's like I'm familiar cool with guy. the name. Yeah, he's produced like pretty much every Stephen Curtis Chapman song. He's done like Colony House's stuff, but he played yeah. bass for Rich Mullins in in the, in wow. the before he passed. He produced Oh Death, our last Tree Church music album. Uh, super wow, great dude. guy, super good dude. But he he told me he texted me once. It was him. Like Danny Gokey, I want to say Stephen Curtis Chapman, maybe somebody else on a bus. It was the day, it, uh, it was the anniversary of Rich Mullins passing. I just sat around talking about his life and how he impacted all of them individually. Yeah, and it was just, it was so cool, man. That guy had a knack for writing. I, honestly, that's probably the closest aspiration I have in Christian music of like yes. really ugly, transparent music um, of just wrestling with the complicated part where it doesn't always have to. And that's the way he lived his life. It didn't always. He obviously yeah. didn't live the most neatly tied up in a bow life. And I'm not trying to say, like glorify it or say, like, that's how you should be. No, like, right. there's a lot of complexity there, a lot of nuance and a lot of hurt. But, but I so admire, like, I want to write music that makes people want to be honest because I believe when you're honest. I haven't believed this about deconstruction as well. That's like the buzzword. Yeah. That if you're deconstructing or if you're looking at your own sin, if you're looking at your own pain, and if you're really honest, I'm so arrogant in the Holy Spirit. Like, I so unapologetically believe that the Holy Spirit is magnanimous and generous that I think he meets us there and that's yeah. where we can find healing. Yeah. If you can't get honest first though and have that Isaiah moment where you're in the throne room like, oh man, my sin is bigger than I thought. You know what yeah. I mean? You're like, oh man, this stuff is impacting me and hurting me. It's hard to find that healing and hard to walk out in spiritual fruit as a result. You know? Yeah. And that's where I, I think a lot of those tunes come from. I think 
a lot of times, well, you know, it's it almost has become a like a Christianese statement to be like all of our sin stems from pride, right? Like we're all familiar sure, with yeah. that idea, but I think like even within like the idea of of deconstruction to that extent, there is a sense of pride there where yeah. it's it's hard to accept like I'm going to be held accountable. Yeah. And it can also lead us to interpreting scripture, how we, we, we it's like we've already determined oh, what sure. we want and then we look for it. And then when we find it, we're like, oh, it's because you looked for it that yeah. deeply and oh, twisted I, it to fit. I maintain, I maintain if you, you give me any boneheaded idea, I can justify it with biblical text within like 15 <laughs> minutes. <laughs> yeah. like, you know what I mean? Like between, between yeah. what I know of it and my studies and like, and just between having Google, like it, it is easy to shape what you want out of an ancient document. Not that hard. Yeah. Um, but like I said, but I, I do think the more challenging part is that intellectual honesty to look at your own brokenness and to look at your situation and allow God and the, the spirit of God to meet you there and bring yeah. healing and bring, you know, wholeness in a way that's like never going to make everything perfect. But man, like I believe that, you know, I do believe that, that his presence enriches our lives and brings that quality of life that, that we need so much, you know? So yeah. that's like close to stuff that I'll write on Sunday morning, like resolves that tension But with Mudhouse stuff. I just haven't felt the burden. It's like, yeah, if I need to talk about, so I think I love you. A really big part of that is just like, it's actually even even sadder than, than Haunted House in some ways. Where yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Where the verses are like, really from the Psalms, they're just like, wherever I can lay my head in hell and Sheol in the grave, like the proper, like not, yeah. you know, hell, hell wouldn't have really been used in that way at the time. Really, you know, the Hebrew people were really just talking about Sheol, the grave. Yeah. Not much of a belief in the afterlife at the time. That would have been pretty, you know, heretical for them. But like, so when that, when that is sung, like, even if I lay my head in the grave, you will find me. Like, you'll, you'll pursue me. And then, that level of generosity is so haunting to me of like, yeah. man, almost this humbling thing of like, I have nothing to give you. Like, yeah. yeah, I have nothing to give you. And so all these verses are building this tension of like, you don't want my Sunday best. You don't want that. You, you just want like very prodigal song. You just want me and you're going to pursue me and you're going to chase me and you're going to forgive me. Yeah. And the chorus is this idea of like, you know, you love me in spite of this. You're going to tell me I'm worthy. I know I'm not worthy. You're smart. God, you know, I'm also not worthy that anything that makes me worthy comes from your generosity and goodness. And then that last part, I think it can be a little confusing and I'm all of a sudden hesitant to like explain songs too much because I like it to like speak for itself to people. But that last line is, and I think I love you is this idea that even in spite of God's generosity and goodness, sometimes all I have to offer is a half hearted, like, I think I love you. And like, yeah, that I, that you know that that's I'm all still, that can be pulled yeah. you know out is like ah like I still have my thank doubts you for this I, still, I think I love you because yeah. I'm questioning how much I'm grasping this exactly you know? yeah I'm yeah. questioning how much I can comprehend I'm questioning you know I think everybody from time to time I'm in a really lucky place where I spoke about deconstruction when I was younger I went that process of breaking things down so I'm stronger in my faith and in apologetics than ever where I don't wrestle a lot with that stuff but there's still those moments where my actions don't say that. Yeah. The way I behave, don't say that. It doesn't say that. And so for me, it's like, it feels like this half-hearted, like, I think I love you. It's like, just what, it, like, how is that the best I have to meet your, your just <laughs> yes. incredible generosity? And, it's, and so that's kind of a bummer of a song too, but like, <laughs> <laughs> but, I, I, but that's just where I see the, the, the benefit of it is just be honest. Right. And I think God's big enough to handle our frustrations and our confusion and our, you know, I just have to believe that, you know? Well, and, and, you know, it's, it's interesting because one of the things that, constantly is weaving its way into conversations on on this podcast is the idea of a lot of independent christian music there's like a freedom of honesty in it totally agree right like and um 
you know, you and I, we we both have led worship. We mm-hmm. there is worship music that I love and appreciate, but yeah. sometimes the stuff that not sometimes a lot of times the stuff that is really prominent and pushed the most and played on the radio and s- massive albums sold and all this stuff, you listen to it and you're like, man, like I do people relate to this, mm-hmm. right? Like it yeah. makes you feel good for a moment. It might make you feel like happy or like there's this emotion within you. That's like, I think like I feel the spirit of God moving and, and sometimes that is the case, right? Like, and God uses it, but then there's also such a lack sometimes of authenticity of like, you know, Hey, where's the lament? Where are the songs where you're like, God, where are you like in this? Yeah. I mean, as opposed to the ones where it's like, my battle is won. Yes. Everything's awesome. Thank you, Jesus. And you're like, oh, no. I totally agree. And I think there's a time and place for both. Like, 100%. Like, when you read the Psalms, you see both. You see Psalm 100, where it's like, come and make a joyful noise and come to his presence with singing. And, you know, you know, make, you know, and it's just like this feeling of like, only because of his worthiness, we're going to praise right now. And then you also have Psalms where David's like, like destroy the teeth of my enemies. You know? <laughs> You're like, whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah, yeah. this like profound. We were like, planning to do that one this Sunday, but we did not get the approval. <laughs> we'll skip that one. Yeah, yeah. That might yeah, freak some people out, man. I dare you to First do time it. guests might be a little bummed. You're like, what, are they, what was this? Yeah. Um, <laughs> Can you imagine that lyric like in the format of a oh regular worship song that feels like hilarious? Yeah, um, someone should do I'm that. I'm writing bit. this down. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah where's that, my pen? Yeah, that's a good, that's a good TikTok series. Like take some oh, like. Modern worship hit tunes and like, but put oh, some man. of the craziest songs. I'm gonna write man. it down. I gotta. Oh man, I'll I'll remember. I'll, I'll lock it in. I need to do it. Oh man, but 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 there's like, you see that in the Psalms, and then I also think like, and so my, like my job as a worship leader over the years has been to define what songs are useful for what parts, and I I do understand that like when I was younger yeah. I would have been like corporate worship sucks. Like we gotta yeah 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 we yeah. gotta like you know write more transparent. Than that. But I also realize like I've been pastoring long enough that you see the diverse group of people coming to Sundays, and it's yeah. like. I don't know that that's appropriate for everyone in every season. They might even not even understand what's going on. Like, like we can let some of that stuff stand. Some of the pop worship tunes are so beneficial because they're really great at writing hooks, which make us like it more writing it in a vocabulary that still could be interesting, but is also widely understood. Super beneficial. Yeah. But I'm also with you in the sense of where I think indie Christian music is such a space that needs to be fostered more um, in that, that level of transparency, you're, it's going to be hard to put that in your church on a Sunday, unless it's like a sermon illustration or a unique moment, or or if your church culture is just really unique and a little bit more depth, where you break down music on a weekly basis. Unless that's the case, man, like there there isn't a lot of space for people to write really honest, sometimes transparent, sometimes uncomfortably transparent worship music, where it's like or worshipful music that points you to the to the Savior and wrestles like some of those psalms where David's like it's stone cold at times like God I don't even know like you've abandoned yeah. me like what's wrong with you you know it's like yeah it's in the Bible that's like biblically canonized because there's value to it there's value in that kind of honesty with the Lord well um, there's even yeah. the story of of Job right like I think that so many of us we think about Job and we think about man that's the guy who like no matter how much suffering he went through he did not turn and he did not question and you're like actually yeah. <laughs> you're like forgetting an entire like chapters yeah. upon chapters where God oh, basically arrives and is like, here's why you don't know what I know. Mm. Because Job does have that moment where he's like, what is going on? Why are you doing this? Why are you allowing this? Yeah. And And for some reason, we completely, at least a lot of sermons that we hear on Job, 
we hear about like the friends that travel in and Job doesn't do what they say and like his wife comes to him and says this and he doesn't do that either, but he's covered in boils. And then you just don't talk about the part where Job does reach that breaking point. Yeah. And so that honesty though, where mm-hmm. Job goes to God and is just like, Why? Why yeah. have you abandoned me? is the thing where God arrives and is basically like, you don't know what's happening at the bottom of the ocean. You weren't there when this was created. You weren't here when this happened. And that honesty is what brought that conversation where Job was like, I get it. Like, I understand. It's like groundbreaking. Yeah. 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 And I think, and I think is for for as long as we don't have avenues to express that in like modern day church life, because you know, I, I I love the Bible, but it but we can't expect it to always do the heavy lifting for us. Like you mm-hmm. need people to talk transparently about what's happening right now as well. That is in partnership. That's negotiating with the, of it. Yeah, that's the application of what's actually we're seeing in the Word. Because that's a quick way to like not minister to people well or make people feel like your faith is sterile or not or feel like they don't have even a place in it. It's like, man, I don't I don't I've never had boils. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> like, that's not my life experience. Like I don't know what to do with that. And there's power in just like allowing people into your own, into your own brokenness and to see that. I, you know, I've got songs. So Mudhouse right now, I've shared some of the, the like the stuff with it's unmixed. It's like in in work in progress, different stages of development, like a bunch of different tunes. Some of them are still. I, I'd listen to to all of it you sent yeah, by the way. Very cool. Man. I'm glad to hear it, it. Yeah. Yeah, like when you sent it, I thought, man, I'm gonna. I, well, first of all, I was happy because I like your first two songs so much that I was like. Okay, good. There's there's more coming from sure, this. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but when I listen, man, like they all lyrically and just seeing the formatting that was taking place, I was like, this is this yeah. is really good. I'm excited about it if, if if I can ever get it done. But like, but a lot of those, <laughs> <laughs> but a lot of those songs carry that same spirit of like, man, I want to talk about like. There's a song on there called that uh, that we're finishing up now called Flesh and Bone, um, and it was like probably the hardest song I've ever had to write. Um, even like to reconcile with myself and my own honesty and my willingness to be honest about who I am and like the things that I've processed through. Um, you know who Andy Squires is? Yeah, dude. Love in Andy fact, Squires. I, I, we're, we're, we live in the same state and right, I'm right hopefully going to see him in June or something. Dude, like that. he is like, he, he is a, a, a key person in my songwriting journey to unlock that next level of like, just be honest. Yeah. Just be honest. Cause I think there's power in it. And I think that like, you know, it's like, I mean, we both grew up in 90s Christianity. We go to church and I was like, how are you? I'm good. You're good. You're good. We're all good. That's crazy that we're all good. What a coincidence. I didn't know everyone was good. Like, this is so wild. And to hear guys like Andy, right? <laughs> Dude, his his song, Dead Horse, was the first Dude, one I ever heard from him. And me. I'm telling you, that song is one of the most, uh, one of the most honest pieces of music yeah. I've heard in a long 100%. time. He's great at Sam McCabe's great at it. Uh, John yeah. Mark McMillan, I think has historically been good at wrestling with some of the more complexities and some of the more challenging stuff. So you have these guys who have done it. Some of them more commercially viable than others. So that's like, if I even had to get that in my head, I'm like, if I even think about that, it's going to ruin any kind of honesty that I can have. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm, like, I'm not gonna have a shot, you know, at really, um, but you know, his honesty and his music may be like, all right, well, okay, let's see how much honesty I can get away with before I have a panic attack. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> so I wrote yeah. this I'm working on a song called Flesh and Bone and there's a couple things in it that are really challenging even approaching the own hypocrisy in my own life so the hmm. first verse mind you I'm the executive pastor of a church that has thousands of people that go to it so there's yeah, like a so level, you're like it's a little nerve wracking to just uh, put this out sure. there yeah. yeah 
super nerve wracking because you also want to distract people. You know, it's not even know if I'll ever, you know, release that song. I'm still praying about it. But the opening lyric literally says, sometimes I yell, sometimes I drink too much and I like to smoke just to feel undone. And I know mm. that in my heart, I don't drink too much and I don't, I, I haven't smoked in 10 years. Um, you know, like I don't, I used yeah. to yell a whole bunch as a younger man, but like, I don't, I don't now, like I don't yell at my kids, I don't yell at my wife, but I know what I'm capable of. I know I've done all of those things in my life. Yeah. You know what I mean? I know what it's like to have these ugly parts that in Christian culture, I have a family member who I, who I love dearly. I won't you know, mention specifically who it is battled alcoholism for 10 years and like felt like they had to hide it from the church. Cause they were in like a volunteer leadership position mm. and they were so alone in that process. And that like still makes me, I still mourn that to this day yeah. that they felt so alone and didn't feel like they could, the one talk place you should anybody. be able to talk about it at church is like, you know, is honestly, I'm struggling, I'm hurting. And yeah, man. So like, so like, I, like, so I'm wrestling with that tension of writing a lyric like that. Cause like, Again, see, where you run the risk is two risks. One, you don't want people, I don't want people to think that I'm an alcoholic and I smoke and I yelled at my <laughs> Right, people. right, right. That's not You're true. Like that, you know he, I mean? he was talking about yesterday. <laughs> yeah, it's like, yeah, so, yeah, which is, you know, not true at all. But the other r- r- thing you run the risk of is I don't want to glorify anything or romanticize like, oh, you know, right. you know the, the specific sins for some reason in Western culture get like Brandon is cool and not. I don't want to play to that either. But the win of it, if I end up releasing it, is like, oh, man, but there's power in transparency because there's somebody who is that can probably, I don't want to, like, if they can just not feel alone for a second yeah, and just, like, be honest about it and then be, be encouraged to go talk to a pastor or, or, or a, you know, their spouse even, just someone about how they're feeling, what they're, um, and then the, the second verse of that same song, the first verse is about my hypocrisy of just, like, like, I, I you know, it, while I don't deal with that stuff anymore, I still have sin in my life that I'm actively fighting against, yeah. actively fighting against, like, by nature, I'm a, I'm a gossip. Like I love reality TV shows. Like it just feels like, <laughs> dude, tell me the tea. You know what I mean? I, like, dude, I like spill to it, say bro. that I don't like them, but in reality, dude, suddenly it, right? they're on my television. Oh, for sure. And <laughs> if someone around is watching, I'm not gonna not watch. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's not my fault. I'm just like it's, watching by proxy. Have you ever once. seen those those TikToks of the dads where it's like they're standing across the house? And like their kids are watching a show, and the dad's like, "I don't have time to watch a movie right now." Yeah. And then it's the gradual evolution of him moving closer. He's asking to the questions. TV. Uh, who's that guy? That person, yeah. What they do? Exactly. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Suddenly he's on the couch with Dude, paperwork. That's like, me yeah, with like the Bachelorette. Like I'm better than oh, this. This no. is trash television. I, we stand for <laughs> morals in this house. And ten minutes in, I'm like, oh, oh, so that person knew. Uh, Dude, that like, happened like, to me. Like, yeah. my, literally <laughs> this past season, my my wife is. She was like, I hate this show. I can't stand yeah. it. Why can't I stop watching it? And I was like, You should stop watching. It. And like yeah. two weeks later, We're I'm like, than this. Yeah, two weeks later, I'm like, That guy's nostrils are kind of big for his face. <laughs> like, why is he in this show? You know, so, so, like, so did I'm, you get a rose. Yeah. yeah. Dude, 100%. So for me, so like I'm, I have these natural inclinations that lead me into sin, like I said, like gossip or fill in the blank, whatever it might be. Um, so I'm still wrestling with all this stuff. And, and, and to reconcile that in my faith is challenging, where it's just like, I just, it's, it really goes back to that. Like I just want to be better and I'm not, and I'm angry that I'm not. And then the second verse is where it hits really hard, where I almost recon- like almost argue with God in it of like, you know, like maybe I, I literally say verbatim, maybe you're the one who should take the blame of like, hmm. I was born into sin and I didn't consent to that. You right. knit me in my mother's womb fearfully and wonderfully. You knew my name before, you know, forever. Yeah. You made me. I didn't ask to be born into a sinful world, but now right. here I am and I have to deal with this crap every day. And it comes from this anger. And I, you know, this is real transparent because anger with God yeah. saying like, where's your responsibility here? I didn't ask for this stuff. Right. I didn't, I didn't do the initial sin. And while I'm born into it, I didn't ask to be born. So like, 
Where's your and, responsibility? And that's a topic, though, and that's even just a conversation that so many people are too scared to write. Yeah, because you know, or yeah, they're 100%. even scared to vocalize it because they're exactly. like, I can't ask that question. Yeah, and you're and like, well, this God arrogance. can handle it. You know, I agree. I just have this arrogance that God can hang. That like, yeah. I just think that He's like, God is the <laughs> yeah, author. He can do it. Yeah, He's the author of everything. And and when He authored us, when He made us, He knew that we would be at times confused and angry and broken and resentful and bitter and and just frustrated. He also knew that we'd be joyful and loving. All these things, He can handle all the all those things. And I would well, rather. It is interesting too that like. We we have that internalized thought, and then we're like, "Oh, I can't. I could never say that to God." And I'm like, yeah. "You, you he, do understand? He, he's there he too. Gets it. Yeah, he, yeah. he knows what you're thinking. <laughs> he knows. Yeah, yeah. He, it's already out there for man. sure. It's like whether you have the freedom or the courage to articulate or not doesn't change the reality that God knows. Like we live, you know, God knows exactly what we're dealing with. Yep. So I just, I would rather confront it and seek resolution in it. And that's it. And it, and those are conversations that are hard to acknowledge with the Lord. We, I mentioned John Mark earlier, but I'll never forget. How he loves is like a movement, you know? Yeah. Like, I think everyone remembers, like, on some capacity. Everyone's probably sung it at some point. He's been in the church for any meaningful amount of time. If you're the Jesus Culture version, the crowd version. But I remember the first time I heard the the song story behind it. It was a video yeah, on YouTube. Dude. It was, like, right when YouTube came out. Yeah. And you're like, oh, you know, or a couple years after. It was like, oh, wait. And I saw the song story about how he wrote that song. And I just mm. remember him saying that. And it's, you know, some stuff just sticks with you for life. And he goes... This love I'm talking about in that song isn't pretty or clean. It's not this like I remember exactly what I said. It's not this Hollywood hot pink like buttoned up love. It's like it's messy and it's gross. That's that great line that everyone I think misunderstands. It was really controversial at the yeah. time. Heaven meets earth like a sloppy wet kiss. It was like the perfection and the glory of heaven and the mess and the sin of humanity yeah. coming together in affection. Where God wants yeah. to meet us there. It's like kissing a baby. Where it's like it's messy. And it's beautiful, and it's like this incredible. Like I've got yeah. three toddlers, and I was talking to you about that recently. And it's yeah. hilarious and insane. <laughs> like when one of my kids like plops a kiss right on my face, it's like, oh, dude, there's snot and there's spit. Like this is awful, right? But, but it does paint this illusion of like I have to think that's how God's like His affection towards yeah. us is. There is a mess there, which um, rem- which is why I I prefer that that version of the lyric. Yeah. I feel like I unforeseen is like sneaky. You know, unforeseen like, oh. feels a little like are we sneaking? Are we smooching people who aren't ready? Yeah, for it? Like, that what's feels the deal like here, man? we're <laughs> about to get canceled for yeah. this podcast. Yeah. Just saying, tra- unforeseen tra- kiss. Hundred percent, hundred percent. I'm not just smooching people yeah. out here. <laughs> exactly. Like, I'm not going to unforeseenly smooch somebody. I'm going to ask <laughs> yeah. first. You know, I like unforeseen smooch personally. We could just <laughs> stop the lyric. I'd like, sing that version if that was the lyric. Smooch. <laughs> But oh, I just remember man. him saying in that video, he's like, I do, and he's like, I think God's love is big enough to hang, hand, handle my anger. And I just, and it's just stuck with me as like a mantra in my life of like, dude, God is just bigger. I get that thing of being a pastor a lot all the time. Uh, people will come into our church, breaks my heart. And you'll just hear things like, like I could never go into church or I'm like, oh, I'm surprised the walls didn't hmm. fall in when I'm here. Like I, God could never do this and God could never do that. And sometimes I just want to grab them like put their head in my hands and be like, I promise your sin is not bigger than Jesus. Hmm. Like I promise your sin is not bigger than the salvation work of Jesus on the cross. I promise it is bigger than that. I don't care what you did. Jesus is the the work that he did is big enough for it. Um, And I think it's humility. It's, it's arrogance thinly disguised as humility. It feels Hmm. like, Oh, look how bad I am. I'm no good. But the reality is you're saying like somehow what you did is bigger than him. And I just can't, that's not true. So I'd rather be honest right. and I'd rather be honest with the Lord about my concerns and my confusion. And like I told you earlier, like I just believe that every time he shows up, every time I've done that, God yeah. has showed up, maybe not with all the right answers, you know, like 
in the sense of like praying for stuff, like I pray for stuff all the time and yeah. it doesn't come <laughs> yeah. to fruition. And it's like, all right, well, you know, I wish that would have worked out different, but like, <laughs> yeah. But that being said, there is peace in those moments of knowing if I can just be honest and, and I think this applies to everything, man. I think it's your marriage. Like if you can't be honest with your spouse, you're not going to have a meaningful marriage. If you can't be right. honest with your friends, you're not going to have meaningful friendships. There's no depth. And I believe if you can't be honest with the Lord, you're not going to have a, a, a deep relationship there. And that's like, would be my biggest hope for Mudhouse stuff. It's not meant to be corporate worship music. It's not meant, I'm not even trying to like make people dance. I don't know what I'm trying to do. I guess I'm just like airing out my dirty laundry of like, these are some things that I've had a hard time processing. Right. And if you can even make someone, you know, help them along their way, process it and say like, yeah, I actually am frustrated. Yeah, I am. Or, or, or give them nostalgia for time that they did and look back at what God did in that season. Like, I'm, I, that would be my just my biggest hope, though, that the Spirit of God would be generous, that He would move through those songs to, to help people in that process of let's just talk about it, let's just be honest, and you know, and 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 allow healing to come from that place, you know. Yeah, dude. I mean, that I think that that should be the mission most of the time, right? Like that authenticity, even within yeah. co- corporate worship, right? Like, yeah. If if I sit down in a room of of ten writers, right? And and we sit there and we're like, all right, guys, like we've got to write a worship song. Got to write a banger, bro. But yeah. it's gotta be a good one, you know. Yeah. Like that all. I, I'm I'm like, obviously, God can use those things, sure. right? But wouldn't it be better for those mm-hmm. ten people to sit down and be like, what do we feel like God is teaching us right now? Yeah. What do we feel like He's showing us? Where do we feel like the local body is at spiritually yeah. that they could? benefit from singing this right and that this could be something we redirect and glorify god through you know and so that's where that balance i think gets so hard yeah because we we get so scared of of being authentic and truthful to an all-knowing god for some reason (laughs) yeah no joke Um, and i say that as a conviction of myself sure 100 percent. but I, i also think that there's a level of people not even understanding what authenticity really means at times. Yeah. So I think there's an illusion of authenticity that really just, I talked about Mumford and Sons and I think one of the reasons they were so successful, I'm just making this up. I did not know this is real. Um, I'm going to write this down as a fact, by the way. <laughs> okay, <goodness> gracious. <laughs> Don't tweet it. But like, yeah, I think I, if I were, right if I were to be a, a, like, if I were to make an educated guess, I think one of the many reasons outside of the fact that they write bangers, like great lyrics, like great hooks, you know, feels joyful even though the lyrics are challenging you know which i think is a beautiful art form in itself but i think one of the things that made them so popular so fast is that we were living in a time of social media myspace mm-hmm. facebook um the you know the internet you know happened and changed everything changed the way we talked to people changed the way we connected with people and everything has this like high frequency just like i don't know this inorganic feel about it yeah of just like uh, synthetic, I guess is the word yeah, that I would yeah, use. That everything feels synthetic. And everything feels like I said. Even the, even the community we have now is on the internet, and just like everything's, you know, and and the and the big pop music at the time is like uh, Katy Perry and Lady Gaga, and then a lot of hip hop influences, which a lot of 808s, a lot, which I think is great. Like I love pop yeah. music, you know. And, um, but all that said, like Mumford and Sons comes out, and it's like felt. I think people would have. Pro- I probably said it myself, like, "Oh, it's so authentic, it's so authentic." Yeah, and really, so you're raw. Just, so yeah. raw, and you're hearing a banjo and acoustic guitar, and you can hear the instruments that you see, and they're wearing pork pie hats and suspenders, and like, yeah. this is like, yeah, this is authentic- yeah. authenticity. And I'm not saying those things are bad. I think that those are good things. I'm glad that people found, like, almost escapism in those of like, oh, this yeah. feels more natural. You know, I feel like I'm in a cabin. Or Bonnie Vare, like, I feel like I'm in a cabin in the woods, like, you know, writing right. you know, songs, and like, I think that's really beneficial. But I also don't think it's 
I also think it's a mistake to call it authenticity. It's just good branding and good yes. marketing. Yeah, exactly. And I would also say that people fall for the trap of authenticity really just being winning over their vanity. If I was authentic all the time, if I came into my church and they're like, how are you? And I'm like, dude, I'm like really angry at that man right there who just walked in <laughs> because I had to have I'm like about a real, to lose it. I'm about to lose it. Like that guy, you know, he hurt this person and I have to deal with it. I didn't sleep at all last night because I got all these kids like, and you know, and I've got, I'm, I'm dealing with this. Like I'm like, I, you know, yeah. I want more money. Like I, 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 feel, I wanted to go golfing this weekend. I couldn't because I didn't have that. I didn't have the cash in my account. Like, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. Just let it rip. Of like every yeah. little thing. Like, okay, that's authentic, but it's also like not great. Like maybe, yeah, maybe you're like kinda, moderate. You're kind of bumming us out, bro. <laughs> yeah, like, it's like, like, dude, just chill for a second. It's getting so heavy I, in here. And I, but I think what a lot of people where they mistake that can be authentic. But I think where people then trick themselves in authenticity is thinking like almost winning over their vanity. If I can talk yeah. to you and make you feel like you can identify with me and that you can see yourself in me and see your experience in me, then I've won over your vanity, and now you think I'm authentic, but that could have all been a sham mm-hmm. too. Yep. So I think the real beauty, again, I'm making this up as I go, but I think the real beauty is that if I can be authentic of what God, is, the Spirit of God is doing inside of me, including the struggle, including the hardship, but do it without compromising the spiritual fruit in my life. Yeah. Yeah, that's If you huge. can combine those two things. I'm not going to be authentic and just let it rip and be mean to people because I'm having a bad day. That is authentic to how I'm feeling, but it's also not right. But I'm also not just going to pander to your, you know, um, sensibility and try to like win over your vanity by saying the things that I think you'll identify with. So you think we're tight, yeah. even though really I could have just lied the whole time. If you can be honest, if you can be kind, patient, joyful, peaceful, long suffering, you know what I mean? Like, I think that to me is like the kind of like music of like encourages people to have that real exchange with themselves. Like it's honest enough that like, man, it makes me want to be honest. Yeah. But I also see health in it and I see, you know spiritual fruit in it. And, I, and, and that is like, that's my favorite. We, like, so we talked about Andy Squires. He wrote a song called You Bring the Morning. That's the first song yep. I heard, heard by Dude, him. it's so good. It wasn't even released. It was like a bootleg I saw on YouTube. And the version on YouTube is still, I love the, the album release version. I think like most songs, if you hear a demo and you really like the demo, it can be a struggle for a minute. It just kind of locks in. Yeah, you're yeah, like, this other one's too yeah. clean. It's like, I like I liked this too much. This is too polished. Now I really genuinely enjoy both. But if you ever get bored, look up. You know, the, the the YouTube one, you bring the morning. It's I need to, killer. yeah. It's killer. But the conviction of his voice when he talks about, like, you bring the stillborn baby to my shoulder, like, you bring peace to every fallen soldier, that's the authenticity of looking at, like, man, he is talking about real things that plague people, that hurt people. Yeah. But he's talking about it in a way that has spiritual fruit. And I don't know anything that could be better. Like, that's right. about as good as to me as, like, ministry through music can be. And that's where it's still... Maybe not be the most suited for corporate worship of like, now all of you sing this with me. That might be challenging because <laughs> yeah. yeah. not everyone can identify with the specifics of the lyric, but like it's still worshipful. And I think it points to the Lord in a way that is just beneficial for everybody. You know? Well, and I think that that people still can have moments of worship right to that music. You know, for example, we we already mentioned like Dead Horse by, by Andy Squires. And there have been moments in my car where I'm driving that song comes on and I'm like full on singing yeah. That song, totally. that is not a song that would corporate worship, if that makes sense. No, yeah. But in my car, <laughs> I'm yeah. like straight up worshiping. Like this is truth Absolutely. about God and truth about life and the perspective of life within the perspective of God. You know, yeah. And so it is, I I think very important, and it is a balance, right? Like we, I, I said it, I think. In the last episode, I was like, you don't want to throw the baby out with the bathwater, right? Like, mm-hmm. uh, I hate CCM. Throw it all out. You're like, no, no, no. Yeah. There's a benefit, but there that can't be all of it. Yeah, Just like know, it can't all be lament. 
did you and I get connected through Jeremy Cannon? Dude, yes. Yeah. Love Jeremy Cannon. So Jeremy told me something that really has sat, has sat with me. Also, shout out to Jeremy. He's the shout craziest person Jeremy. I've ever met. And I need like, to text him today, dude. He's that man so is like cool. an idea machine. I've never met anybody like that who has such high volume, like creative thought. He is yeah. a brilliant human being, and he's a great connector, too. He makes me feel stupid. He does. <laughs> he, like, I'll have just, long smart. phone calls with that guy, and he's just talking. And I'm like, you are on a different wavelength. Like, <laughs> yeah, man. It's beautiful. I love hearing it because it's like it really yeah. is an, an honor to see somebody operate at a high level of thought like that. But, but he told me something where he said something similar about CCM where he was like, it's not like I hate CCM. I want to like drag, like take a sledgehammer to it. Like, man, there, even like modern pop worship music, like there's space. Like it's great. I love it. You know, there's a great, I still like, like rattles like three years old at this point, but that guitar riff starts with rattle. Yeah, and it, like, I mean, it's that bass slide up with boom. Yeah, it does that yeah, thing. Yeah, I'm like, oh, here awesome. we go. Like, I'm about to yell a bunch of truths about the Lord. I just get all hyped up. I'm like, this is great. But like, like, so there's space for that stuff, you know, but, but, and I think Jeremy highlighted well, where he said, I don't want to go break up CCM. I want to like, just create something different. That's great. Yes. It's not about an attack. It's not make that less. It's like bullying. Like you don't need to make someone less than right. you feel taller. Don't stand on someone else's shoulders. So you feel big for the first time in your life. And then he, I, the way that he said it sat with me too, he's like, just plant a garden, you know, yep. just plant a garden. Like, dude, he and I had that are. conversation where we were talking about it. The idea of how, what was it? The Israelites with the Babylonian captivity, that it wasn't like, Hey, build up armies and like create new walls, like keep building stuff. It was like, Hey, you've been provided this plant a garden, something that's beneficial to the community. Yeah. 100%. And that I was like, dang. Jeremy, why are you so much smarter than me, dude? dude? Yeah. Like, and yeah. it is so true because if we g- charge in with this idea of like we have the secret sauce, it's called indie Christian music, and it's the only Christian music that matters. Well, we've just become what we were saying that we were going against, right? Yeah, like 100%. the idea of CCM being the only thing. So it is. Everything's in moderation and balance. Yeah, because you better believe yeah. there's CCM tunes and like and like big pop like praise and worship stuff that like is going to connect to people and minister them yeah. in a way that no one that people some people will never listen to Mudhouse and if they did they'd be like oh this bums me out like skip <laughs> why am I so depressed I yeah it's like I don't want to <laughs> listen to this crap like you don't want to hear this guy whine about more stuff it, but that's the beauty of it is there has to be space to say like God burdens people's hearts uniquely to minister to different demographics of people and that's again going like that's his pursuit of us that's the way that he loves yeah. us and how like what an honor it is to to, to love a God who cares that ferociously about us that he creates different people with different skill sets and different brains to meet his people where they are. Yeah. And that's like, that's like one of my favorite aspects of the faith is that generosity that he just, he just wants, he wants us and he's going to yeah. burden people's hearts to accomplish that goal. And the way that he pursues us through all these different avenues by, by people ministering, by people submitting to his spirit and doing what, 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 you know, he called them to do. It's just one of the coolest things. So that's it. So, you know, that's probably the last thing I'll even say about Mudhouse is like, like that's the thing that haunts me. Like I don't really know how to release music right now. Like I need to drum up some funds. Like get it mixed. Like I'm sure I'll figure it out. It's gonna it's gonna take a second to like you know figure out how to do it right. But that is the thing that kind of haunts me about it. Is like if there's people who could be ministered to by this. I had a really hard time with the ego part of it. Of like I'm 30 years old. I don't want to look like a 30 year old. Like let's start a band. You know what I mean? Like I feel like that's <laughs> Dude, yeah, like a, yeah, yeah. Like I don't want the ego trip of like man. I want to go. Like we've never played shows my house. You know? It's yeah. Because like, it's like that reason like i, I don't I, it doesn't need to be like i have this thing that i have to show people or i want this kind of but the reason why i i think i am going to end up releasing the lp at some point if like i said if we can do it right 
it's because it's like, man, if it's going to minister to somebody who might not be ministered to by different, by what's out there, even if it's just a couple people, yeah. that feels like it's worth the stewardship. You know, 100%. Just yeah. if it helps one person. Yeah. I, I, I think I might have mentioned on a past episode, I had someone when I released the album Wind, which I didn't know would gain the traction that it did. And I'm very mm-hmm. thankful for it. But like, I had one person message me on Instagram and they said, hey, like my husband and I, we love your album. We just got off a cruise, found out that his best friend died oh, in a car wreck while we were gone. And she was like, he, he wanted to listen to your album the whole drive back home wow. because it, it helped him. And at that point, I was like, you have to give me your address and I'm going to send you so much stuff in the mail right yeah, now. Like, sure. it, it, that to me, just that one story, I was like, that's, that's all I needed. Like, that's yeah. A hundred percent. That's it. it. Yeah. And it's, that's such a humbling thing. Like I've got stuff like that where yeah, you'll get a DM or like, and it's just so weird. Cause you write these yeah. dumb songs on your front porch and you're like, you're like, you're not supposed to have heard this. I yeah. It's like, it's, it's preposterous that you heard it to begin with. And so you write, you write these tunes and it's like, I don't even know. It's weird. Like I don't know anybody else is going to like it, but you know, Whatever, just you know, let let it. And I think that's where twenty twenty was the best thing that happened to me. Of like, there was like a built in apathy of not seeing people anyway. It's like there are no rules; just release it. Who cares? Yeah, like, it's like and that's got kind of what <laughs> no one gave can me the stop courage. Me. Yeah, it's yeah. like it gave me the courage to do it in the, to begin with. Is like this weird like vacancy of community. So I'm like, I I don't even know if humans exist anymore. I haven't seen one in a year. So I'm just gonna <laughs> right. release some music. Right. You know, uh, but but that said, the thought of people actually connecting with it. And seeing with it and like, and just being ministered to by it, it's probably one of the coolest things that I've ever experienced in my entire life. Yeah. yeah. Well, cool. Dang, man. We, I mean, like, we really did this episode. We made yeah, it happen. Which, which, by the way, you're saying, you, you're using the term haunting. Is that why Mudhouse is that? You said it was in your description named after a haunted house. Is that correct? Like a local haunted yeah, house? Yeah, man. So uh, there's a, there was a haunted house. It actually they tore it down the year that I moved to Lancaster, so I never even got to see it. Oh dang! That's but so there sad. is a there's a there's a house in Lancaster called Mud House Mansion. If you ever get bored, just Google it. It's a dumb idea to name the, my band that because like there's a lot of articles written about this house about so if you type oh, no. in Mud House, like <laughs> the first 15 pages are Mud House Manor, then Manor Mansion. But it's like it's very famous. Like you know, people have done like television programs there. Like yeah. you know, Lancaster's got a weird amount. The town town I'm in, it's got like a weird amount of stuff like that. Um, and I don't even know why I named the band that I think part of it is like, it's two things. One is like, there is like a, the haunted element of it, of just like these, these things and these problems that plague us and haunt us and not knowing how to process it. And like, you know, meeting it in the spiritual world of like, it being like the way to combat these things are spiritual authority and spirit and, and the Holy spirit. And so almost kind of embracing like the, like, like the goofy, like spooky side of it of like, no, we're yeah. going to run head on into the bad stuff. Like we're not going to run away from it. You know, so that's part of the reason why I think it's like cool imagery. The other part of it's just like stone cold interest. Like I grew yeah. up, I loved like the universal monsters growing up, like Frankenstein and Dracula, the invisible man. Yeah. Like, yeah. So if you look at our Instagram for a half a second, you would be so convinced it's not a Christian. I'm so bad at marketing. You'd be so convinced it's not a Christian <laughs> band. You'd be like, this is all monster stuff. Like what is going on? Um, but that's satanic, where panic, you know? Yeah. It's like, oh, I know this is evil. Like I thought it's you guys old. loved the Lord. <laughs> yeah. Um, but for us, that's where you get a lot of, it's, it's part interest since I've always liked that stuff. Like I, I collect like the Dracula comics from like the seventies and nice. the sixties and seventies. And like, you know, I've always thought that was cool. And I do think there's like an, if you're going to confront the ugly side of it, let's use some like, you know, imagery that kind of, you know, projects some of the, you know, the, the harsher aspects of life or some yeah. of the stuff that, 
that might be just as unsettling as, as the truth. And so there's some spiritual meaning there, but like also when we name the band, there is kind of a band. So it's me, uh, yeah. Lauren, who's great. Uh, she, you know, she, we haven't released any of her songs yet, but on the album, three of the songs will be her songs that she writes and sings. She does all the harmony parts. She's incredible. She's the worship director here at the church. Now she took my job now that I'm doing other stuff. Nice. Um, and then Daniel, like I said, the guy, you know, my boss's brother, he's producing all of our tunes, like great, great dude, like doing a good job. So it's really kind of us three. And then, uh, if we were to play live and we were to track stuff down, it's like, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's whoever's around. It's like yeah. 10 people who are really great players that are all have a vested interest. But when we named the band, I made like a mood board. It was just like, I had Skeletor on it and I had like the mud house <laughs> mansion on it and I had some Bible verses on it. And I'm like, I don't know what to name it, but I want it to, I want it to sound like what this looks like. like so what like you're telling mo- me is there was, I mean, there was a moment where I could have been like, Hey, We've got Michael here from the band Skeletor. From Skeletor. Yeah. yeah, like, yeah could, I mean, could have been different reality or something. Different like world. That. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> maybe it would have been like, a, like if it was more metal music, maybe, you know? Yeah. But, oh, dude. That'd yeah. be pretty rad. I don't know. Also, Mudhouse is a cop out because it's a, like, Mudhouse Mansion was on the street Mudhouse in town. Just, I was like, just, I was really looking up street names too. I was like, what's. Look, I we, it, I had the a project a tough, for a little dude. while with, um, with my buddy Blake, who does most of the guitar stuff for me still. And we kept trying to figure out, like, what are we going to name this thing? What are we going to name it? We put out a grand total of two songs. So yeah. I don't know how much willpower What'd you and name brain it? What'd power. What you call it? So his sister-in-law, uh, at one point, we found out a story where she couldn't pronounce the word scary. Like, nice. she couldn't pronounce it as a child. And so when she would try to scare people, she would jump out and be like, I'm a very ghost. <laughs> and so we were like, "Very Ghost" has like a fun Dude, feel to that's it. That's pretty dope. So we went with "Very Ghost." That's and, a great uh, name too. So you're with it. You get the spooky stuff. You're, there, you're, are, there are two yeah. "Very Ghost" songs up on Spotify. Yeah. I'm gonna go listen with, to them right after this, man. Y- you'll be one of our three monthly listeners. My me, man. Blake, and you. And now me. I'm in it, dude. <laughs> I can't wait. Scary. Yeah. Very Ghost. Very Ghost. Very Ghost. Yeah. Yeah. But. Dude, thanks so much for hopping on here. Yeah, I love this me, conversation. Man. This was awesome. Um, and yeah, I'll I'll make sure that we put a link to like your music or if you have a link tree or something like that, we'll put sure, it in yeah. the description. And then people can follow you on Mudhouse Music, right? That's the username over on Instagram. Mudhouse Music's on Instagram. You know, and that, if, yeah, if you want to keep up with us, just, that's going to be the spot. Like I don't post there anything on Facebook. I don't post anything even on my personal feed much, but... Mudhouse stuff, and then we'll, we'll also try to keep the artist page on Spotify up to date with what's going on. But there you go, we're hope, I'm hoping by the end of the year to release the LP. I think it'd be cool. You know, I've got like very little expectation for it outside of like it'd be nice to be like called a day, like right, yeah, it's out, you know, to just kind of like have it out there and be like, there it is, yeah, to have the it's release happened. of like, okay, it's almost like you know, the, like, like that. At least it did that, you know, at least there's this, yeah, like, okay, I feel like, like I the closure, put right. this on, yeah, I gotta put it on our heart, we did this with it, you know, let it let it go and see what happens, you know, that's yeah. that's kind of how I feel. I've been working on an album for eight months or something like that. And every song I'm trying to focus around like a, something that I'm convicted of that I feel like I don't do well in. Sure. And the closure aspect of it, you start like, as I'm working on it, I'm like, I just want this to be out so that it can be like, I did it. It's there. There it is. All the day. Like the, like it's done. Like, you know, right off into the sunset, you know, it's exactly, exactly. Like I, like I, I'll probably, like, it'd be cool to do more stuff with Mudhouse someday, and you know maybe it will, but like you know, but at least to have that and to say like yes. you know, felt this burden, we stewarded it, you know, let it rip. Yeah, 
sick. Time will, time I'm will looking tell forward me. to when when it does come out in ten years plus. Ten or years maybe, you know? yeah, yeah, decade and a half. We'll see. Yeah, we'll be old men. You know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. If if you want to keep up with it, everybody listening, go check out the link below. Michael, thanks again, dude. This was thanks fun. Thanks for having me, brother. Love Heck your music, yeah. man. I'm super stoked for your album. I've been following <laughs> Thank the you. Following, following the GoFundMe and like you know, I, you know, I, I think Jeremy was the one who turned me on to your tunes, but like well, you know, all of us are such big fans here. The, the amount of times that you'll walk into the Tree Church here and like your music is just in our lobby dude, and what? like in our that's crazy. And it's just dude. rolling in the office. It's actually we're stealing money from you. So anytime you're like playing it in a big room with none of them's paying for it so yeah. I, i'm sorry to admit that to you but like it's just it's such easy music to have when, when we're working the staff's listening to it it's scoring Dude, all of our life man we love it the, the instinct i had uh to to react have Send you watched the, the show jury duty yet dude i haven't but i want um, see it looks insane it's insane and there's this amazing part in it where james marston is playing himself right yeah. but he's playing the worst version of himself <laughs> and so the guy who's not an actor in the show looks at him and is like James I watched Sonic last night and it was really good and James <laughs> looks at him and says did you rent it or did you buy it and he's like I rented it and James is like oh, I could have had a dollar you know? <laughs> like just the worst reaction ever. Like such so, a punk. Yeah. yeah 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 I'll Venmo you a dollar it'll be good sick yeah. okay sounds great I'll, thanks I'll for the great music man and uh, thanks Dude, for this thank podcast you. and the TikTok man that was it's so cool like I, I eat this stuff. I love indie Christian music, so it's I've I've learned about five new artists just from the content you're putting out. So just wow, thanks for you, me, man. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I'm I'm just glad that it's working and that it's something that is is able to to get people listeners and connected with people. Yeah. So it was an unexpected twist in my life that I'm really excited about. So I, I appreciate it, it. I thank you, saying So I really enjoyed my conversation with Michael. I'm gonna have a link in my bio to their social and to their music and all of that good stuff. If you want to support me, you can go and check out my Instagram, Jonathan A. Wright, or my TikTok. That would be incredible. I have some merch and stuff that you can you can get that way. But go ahead and follow IndieChristian.Music on Instagram and IndieChristianMusic on TikTok. I'll be posting suggestions and stuff like that. Subscribe to the podcast. Rate it five stars. All of those things really help just push this thing forward. Y'all have been so supportive, and I just so appreciate it. Also, I just released a song called Control last week, and y'all have been really incredible listening to it. So if you want to go stream that, that would also be amazing. So thanks so much, and I will see you next time.